The contents of the lab report are meant for educational purposes only and are not meant to be misconstrued as medical diagnosis or treatment advice. Today, on the lab report, the holiday special spectacular podcast extravaganza. Wow, no pressure there. This better be a good one. It will be. The world of medicine can be challenging. Clinicians and patients are always looking for more options, more effective treatments, and in the end, more answers. Functional and integrative medicine focuses on addressing root causes of disease. Here at Genova Diagnostics, we've watched this field evolve and grow for over 35 years. We've not only adapted, we've led. Join us as we talk about functional medicine, laboratory testing, and optimizing health. Welcome to The Lab Report. Hello! Hey, Michael Chapman. Hi, Patty Devers. How are you today? I am loving the holiday intro. Good. I'm glad I put some work into that one. Festive. And to everyone out there, welcome to this podcast called The Lab Report, brought to you by Genova Diagnostics, where we talk about functional medicine, specialty lab testing, and integrative therapeutics. Yeah, and if you're new to the show, welcome. And if you're returning, thank you so much for your support through this whole year, and we hope that if you go to iTunes or Spotify, maybe subscribe, rate, review, leave us some stars, some feedback there. Yeah, we're kicking festive. it up a notch, right? <laughs> it's the holidays. We're excited. That's it. That's fun times. Do. Fun times ahead. Lots of eggnog to be consumed. Presents to be unwrapped. Who knows what happens under that mistletoe? Wow. Hey, this is a family show, Michael. I'm just talking. I mean, what? There's nothing wrong with a little smoochy smoochy. <laughs> You're going to double down on that one? <laughs> It's the holidays. It can't get away from the mistletoe. What is it about mistletoe that w- makes people want to kiss? I don't understand this whole concept. You know, I'm I'm glad you brought that up because there's actually a lot of things about some of the traditions that we do mm-hmm. around the holiday that are interesting, and I don't I don't understand them. So maybe we can just spend a little bit of time exploring these traditions because, as we know, traditions are really important. Some of us have grown up in really ethnic families, right? And there's a lot of traditions that get handed down, handed down, and. A lot of times we don't even remember what they mean, Mm -hmm. but it is important. And your sense of well-being and health and when a a holiday like Christmas comes around, that's kind of when you dust some of those things off. And even if you can't be with your family or your family's not there, those traditions can carry you through some really tough times. Yeah. And I think about traditions as far as like it it gives you something reliable. It's something that's generationally passed down. Mm -hmm. You know, it's it's something that provides comfort to a lot of people. Obviously, not not all the holidays are tough for some people, certainly. Right. But, you know, I think at the end of the day, you know, in general, the idea, the concepts of tradition tend to be very important generationally. And unifying yes. to us. So let's let's uncover mistletoe first okay. and the smoochy smoochy. All right. <laughs> well, first of all, mistletoe is actually a plant. And I happen <laughs> to be sitting across from a naturopath. So right. I'm just wondering, is there any health benefits to mistletoe? Mistletoe is an interesting one. Uh, it has been... Y- used in the literature, studied in the literature, and has been shown to potentially increase natural killer cells. And for that reason, uh, it's been tried in many different trials around cancer, actually breast cancer, colon cancer, all different forms of cancer. Um, And anecdotally is used a lot of times in integrative practices uh, as an alternative cancer treatment. Now, Hmm. studies on that are are very mixed, and it's it's quite controversial about the how efficacious it is. But uh, it is used that way. But yeah, let's see if we can uncover where this whole, this whole tradition around mistletoe comes from. Why don't we Google okay. it? Good idea. Yeah. Mistletoe, that's that's not so many letters. I mean, the history of, like, there's only so many things you could be typing right now. I just, I don't know what you're doing over there. Got it. Okay. According to the History Channel, 
<laughs> what <laughs> better source? Information. What better source than the History Channel? That it comes from Norse mythology, you know. Interesting. And you know the god Odin, he had a son oh, named yeah. Baldur. Of course. Who was prophesied to die. Oh. So his mother Frigg, the goddess of love, hmm. went to all the animals and plants in the natural world to see if she can secure an oath that they wouldn't harm him. As you naturally would. Right. Especially naturopaths. But Frigg neglected to consult with the unassuming mistletoe. So oh. the scheming god Loki made an arrow from the plant and saw that it was used to kill Whoa. the otherwise invincible Baldur. Whoa. There's more. According to a sunnier version of the myth, the gods were able to resurrect Baldur from the dead. Huh. Delighted, Frigg then declared mistletoe a symbol of love and vowed to plant a kiss on all of those who passed beneath it. Oh, Well, that's interesting. I mean, we do a lot of interesting things around the Christmas time. Mm -hmm. You know, as, speaking of bringing plants into the house, we also bring a tree <laughs> inside our house. So what gives there? Like, what, what is this whole pine tree inside your house business? I know. There's got to be some type of tradition around that, Michael. Yeah, well, there is, and there's kind of a long story to it. Mm -hmm. um, for long periods of time, people have been decorating their homes with uh, various bows of, of pine arrangements and things like that because pine was believed to actually ward off the witches Ooh. and the evil spirits and hmm. illness and all these things. And, and there's actually something to be said there for it potentially warding off illness, you know, when we think yeah. about uh, pine and how it's used even today. But I would say it would ward off illness, not just hanging it, maybe consuming it, because there is something called pine needle tea, you yes. may have heard of, or pine bark extract, which has a name pycnogenol. Yeah. And so they know that pine needles, when you take the pine needles and you put them in a tea, there's five times more vitamin C in pine needles than in orange. Really? And there's bioflavonoids in pycnogenol and in pine bark extract that is antioxidant, anti-inflammatory. It's been right. studied in a lot of inflammatory conditions. Yeah. I wouldn't say go pulling needles off your tree and boiling them. I'd make sure you have the right kind. Yeah, doubly so if it's an artificial tree. <laughs> well, and another thing about the conifers in general is their aromatic oils, their essential oils are actually very, have shown to be antimicrobial. Um, and that's why a lot of times they're used in diffusers, right? Mm -hmm. We diffuse things like pine, thuya, uh, these different conifers uh, to help uh, ward away different uh, bacterial or even viral activity. So, And it smells delicious. That's true. And thuya, which is... Um, cedar, red cedar, most commonly western red cedar, uh, that's used a lot in our naturopathic community, uh, the alcohol extract, the tincture, mm -hmm. uh, at, for its antimicrobial and antiviral properties. So uh, mm. tastes pretty piney, so usually I'll, I'll mix that in with a bunch of other immune-supportive herbs, but uh, I use that one a lot. Okay, so you touched on the fact that pine was used to ward off evil spirits and illness. <laughs> yeah. Well, then why bring the whole pine tree in and erected in your living room. Where did that come from? Well, I don't think we know for sure, <laughs> but there's a widely held belief that Martin Luther, the huh. 16th century Protestant reformer, uh -huh. uh, he was awed one night when he was walking through the walking through the woods in the winter, looking up at the stars in the sky, and he wanted to recreate this this sensation, this feeling that he had, and so he erected a tree in his main room and wired it with lights for his family to see. And it's believed that that's where that ultimately came from, and then that caught on. So you know what else I think about when I think about this holiday season? What's that? I mentioned this in prior episodes, my love of peppermint bark sure. and peppermint in general. Maybe it's because my name is Patty. Mm, hmm, might be a connection Patty. there. There we go. But when I think about Christmas, I always think about peppermint bark and candy canes. So if we think about mint and mint leaves, there's got to be some naturopathic importance there. Mint has a lot of actions. Mint is a very powerful herb. Uh, 
first and foremost, I think about mint as it relates to the digestive tract, actually. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mint is what's known as a carminative in Hmm. the herbology world. And so what a carminative is, is it helps to uh, sort of relax the muscular contractions of the GI tract. It tends to be a Hmm. little bit of a a smooth muscle relaxant. And so with that, uh, people will take it actually oftentimes after meals to allow appropriate digestion and to prevent things like bloating, cramping, and gas that uh, that might occur. Hmm. Well, much like thuya and conifers, you were talking about essential oils. Does that apply also to mint? Yeah, peppermint, because anything, any plant that has really strong aromatic oils, essential oils, those tend to have antimicrobial properties. Hmm. Um, and so that's another one that you could put in the diffuser, uh, especially if there's like colds and flus rampant in the household. Um, and the other thing is that people will actually take low doses of peppermint oil in like a capsule to help relieve dyspepsia. And not only that, the peppermint oil has been used anecdotally. A lot of people rub it on their temples to help with tension headaches. So, fun, fun fact. Uh-huh. If you walk into the medical affairs department at Genova, all you smell is mint because of the essential oil diffuser I have in my office. That's right. I love mint. Well, and going from the clinical uses of mint, I mean, how does this relate to Christmas? Like, I, I think about naturally what are our mint-flavored uh items is the candy cane. Right. So what's the deal? Why are we hanging these things on the tree? (laughs) Well, that dates back to the early 1600s. There was a German choir master who was trying to quiet fidgety boys in the choir. So he brought in sugar sticks. Why are you looking at me? No reason. So he brought in sugar sticks. And then the, the church got mad because they're like, the church is not a place to have sugar. So he bent them into like a J kind of like to look like a, a shepherd's staff mm-hmm. to kind of give it a religious symbol. But then eventually as the 20th, 20th century turned, that's where it got its red and white iconic um, coloring. And then it got its mint flavoring to what it is right now. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, Michael, how do you eat a candy cane? Do you start at the curved end or no. the straight end? No, you, got, you start at the straight end. Is right? that right? Yeah. And then usually you sort of uh, <laughs> shape it into some sort of uh, weaponry. <laughs> <laughs> right? I mean, that's what all little kids do. They're like, shape it into something that can poke people. That's right. Do you hang them on your tree? No. I, we try to limit the sugar that's oh. inside the house. I see. I think we did last year, but this year we're not doing it. We're, we're really trying to ward off the cavities. Got it. So, interestingly, mm-hmm. I was singing in my head the Christmas carol, We Wish You a Merry Christmas. Sure. Gets stuck in the head all the time. Right? It's like earworm. And then the second verse where... They're really being insistent about getting figgy pudding. I mean, they won't go until we get some. I mean, that's kind of <laughs> rude. And then I got to thinking, what in the world is figgy pudding? I had forgotten about the figgy pudding verse. Is it is the critical verse, is right? Is it British? Like it sounds British, you know. And you know, another interesting thing is like they have this thing called Boxing Day, right? In the UK, yeah. Yeah. Like, I, what is that all about? So much going on over there. Maybe we should. Here's an idea. Uh huh. Maybe we should give Oliver a call. We haven't talked to Oliver in a little while. And maybe he can explain some of this uh, this interesting vernacular. Awesome idea. Doesn't it normally have like a different ring when you call over to the UK? I mean, yeah, that's that's strange that it's ringing like this. Hello, Oliver. Welcome to the podcast. You're on the show. We have so many questions for you. Thank you. It's nice to talk to you again. Thank you very much. Okay, so the day after Christmas in the UK is called Boxing Day. Is that anything yeah. to do with boxing? What, what is this? Well, as in people in a ring punching each yeah. other. No, we don't. That, even we don't do that just after Christmas. <laughs> um, 
it's a strange one actually i mean if you if you were to google it you'll find all sorts of things but my my, my favorite version of this is is the fact that going back many many years that we was you know all the rich people who had their their servants would give people gifts so they would box them up Uh um, and then they would send their servants out with them the following day uh, to give them out to people Mm. but they would class it as their day off Oh, I see. I see. It's nice. It's it's like we, you know you know Christmas time rolls around. You, you know you're rich enough to have servants in these times. Uh-huh. So what do you do with these servants? We don't give them Christmas Day off. You need them on Christmas Day, right? right. <laughs> you know, you clear up, clear up the wrappers and you know the uh-huh. ribbons that are lying about that the kids have just sprawled randomly across the place. No, we need you then. <laughs> what we want to do is on the next day. Now you can go out have a day off but it's not really a day off because you want you to do a job that we're too rich to do ourselves oh my god <laughs> it's very british this is terrible this is tyrannical reign of the british um it is terrible i completely agree well, um yeah and we're also going through some of the lyrics right because a lot of these carols have uh come overseas to us and so one of them is you know about figgy pudding what right? is figgy pudding what, what and why are this? they so insistent about getting it they're not going to leave until they get it <laughs> I have no idea what figgy pudding is. <laughs> yeah, I'll be honest with you. It's, I mean, it, it probably is exactly as it sounds. It's a pudding, some kind of cake, probably covered in syrup or kind of some kind of treacle with plums and figs and, and oversized <laughs> raisins basically dropped into the pudding. Um, I won't eat it. Um, I refuse. Just by its name, it, it scares me, based on its name alone. Um, <laughs> It's probably one of those things that people come out with and, you know, they, they set fire to it in the kitchen, <laughs> which looks lovely because it's, here we go, here's my, my cake on fire. And everyone's like, what do we do with a fiery cake? Who knows? Um, I, I think there's certain things people should stay away from. Well, here's another question. Wassailing? Here we go, a wassailing. Is that British? I don't like it when you make words up. I told you that before. <laughs> wassailing? Yeah. It's the background practice against which an English carol such as We Wish You a Merry Christmas could be made sense of. Yeah, I have here, it's to drink plentiful amounts of alcohol and enjoy oneself with others in a noisy, lively way. <laughs> what you're basically saying is let, let's, let's overindulge on the alcohol, make a whole load of noise and generally have an all-around good time. <laughs> That's wassailing. <laughs> Wassail away. Crack That's on. right. Well, Oliver, as always, it's great talking to you. We've missed you. Yes. And now we heard the UK slant on Christmas. Oh, Patty, you're perfect. Well, that was fun. Thoughts and well wishes go out to Oliver and everyone over there in the UK. Absolutely. Um, You know, let's let's maybe get back to what we were talking about. Some of these traditions. Are there is there Mm -hmm. anything else that we think of that is like really Christmas specific? Well, I always think of gingerbread. And gingerbread houses. Oh, yeah, yeah. Remember at Genova, last year we actually had a gingerbread dececorating contest between departments here. Yeah, that was a disaster. <laughs> that was a total disaster. No. I mean, every other department was fantastic. <laughs> Our department, uh, it's a bit of a disaster. We're doctors. We're not all that artistic, are we? That's right. But that brings up ginger and gingerbread. And we know ginger was initially used in ancient China as a medicinal treatment and still is today. Oh yeah. Ginger has tons of health benefits. Mm-hmm. Ginger, you know, we actually use this in a lot of formulations. It's thought of being a synergizer. I don't know if you've ever heard that word, but a lot of times when you're doing herbal preparations, you have uh, either licorice or ginger as a synergizer to mm. kind of like round out the formula. Oh. But uh, ginger is just incredible as a, as a root. Uh, First and foremost, we tend to think of it with nausea, right? Right. And uh, helping to just ease people's uh, dyspepsia, uh, but can even be used, has been studied in things like morning sickness as well. 
Um, aside from that, ginger is strongly anti-inflammatory. Uh, so you can think of just the whole host of inflammatory conditions, whether it's osteoarthritis or or anything else related to inflammation. And ginger's a really great herb. It also um, is thought to lower blood pressure mm-hmm. and has been shown to help people lower blood sugars as well. Um, it has antioxidant properties, you know. So it's it. It's like it's a super just, herb. It's incredible. It really is. Um, you know, one word of caution: it has salicylates in it. Uh, so that's similar to what's in aspirin, right? Salicylates and aspirin. And so there is some concern, although studies are mixed about its abilities to affect blood thinning capacities. So, uh, you know, word of caution for people who are on some sort of blood thinner already. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, other than that, it's just, it's so great. Well, that makes sense. It had all those medicinal properties, even dating back to ancient China, that they started baking it into to breads and into foods because it also tastes oh, yeah, quite good. It tastes good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So as they're baking it into various cookies and breads, they started making formulations and shaping them. And in Germany, back in the 16th century, they started building these cookie-walled houses and decorating them. And then that tradition became even more popular after the Brothers Grimm wrote Hansel and Gretel. Oh, yes. right. Where the kids, they mm-hmm. see the sugary house and they forget That's that right. there's a disturbing looking <laughs> witch out front saying, come on in little kids. And then somehow this sugar, <laughs> sugar will just blind you to so many things. Right. And then somehow this tradition kind of morphed into being a Christmas tradition and, and people elaborately decorate gingerbread houses. So you can decorate your gingerbread house and then eat it. Yeah. And then if you get a stomach ache from all the sugar, you can just have some ginger tea. <laughs> Helps the nausea. Here's another interesting thing we do on the holidays. What's that? We give people gifts. We certainly do. And, you know, giving a gift doesn't have to be something that you bought. It could be the gift of your time or some type of service that you do. Fair point. And it's it's become so much part of the culture around the holidays that, you know, that altruism is really important. That and buying stuff (laughs) keeps the economy going. Either way, the gift is very altruistic, which we also know has health benefits. Yeah, and I'm assuming it dates back to the old three wise men and the gifts that they brought. Yeah. Is that that where this comes from? Yeah, that's why for Christmas I actually bought you myrrh this year. I love myrrh. Mm. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Delicious. Well, because I know you're going to love your myrrh so much, Uh one idea might be to do just a quick off-the-cuff and call a couple of team members and ask them their favorite childhood gift that they received at the holidays. Fun. You want to see who's available there? Let's maybe start with uh, Dr. Donna Filatova. Let's give her a call. Hello. Hello, hey, Donna. Donna. Welcome to the podcast. Hi. Hi. How are you guys? Good. Good. So uh, I have a quick question for you. We were discussing presents and gift giving, and uh, we were wondering if you had a favorite childhood gift that you received during the holidays. Yeah, the one that I remember that was really, I was really, really excited about it. And I grew up in Latvia, Eastern Europe, and it was a big deal back then. It was actually a Barbie house. (laughs) (laughs) And I I remember playing for hours. My mom couldn't get me to go eat dinner, nothing. And then my cat, my cat at the time decided that it was for her. So she just took over. That's a universal one, the Barbie That's house. amazing. Right? <laughs> Especially in Latvia. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. That, that's for sure. Yeah. That's excellent. Do you still have it? No. <laughs> <laughs> 
Awesome. Good one, Donna. Well, thank you for your time. I appreciate uh, you you indulging us. Yeah, happy holidays. Happy holidays. Take care. Bye. All right, next on the list, Mm -hmm. Christine Stubbe. Oh, yeah. Dr. Christine Stubbe, I should say. Let's call her. Hello. Hello, Christine. Hey, Christine. It's Patty and Michael from the podcast. How are you doing? Hi, guys. I'm good. How are you? Great. We're doing great. We're just recording a holiday episode, and we thought we'd call and see if you had a favorite childhood gift that you received at the holidays. I do have a favorite gift. Hmm. (laughs) What is it? Well, so my brother had this stuffed bear named Ski Bear, and... Ski bear was this gray bear that wore a red ski sweater and a red ski hat. (laughs) (laughs) And he was so cuddly and soft. And I probably played with ski bear more than my brother did. And so (laughs) I really wanted a ski bear of my own. And because this ski bear kind of got ratty, you know, dragged around the house Mm -hmm. on the floor and thrown around and stuff. Of course. So one Christmas, I got my very own ski bear. Aww, you must have been a <laughs> good he, girl. I was a good girl. <laughs> this ski bear was soft and fuzzy as compared to the older ski the bear. The old so then ratty be- ski bear that got <laughs> tossed. Old ratty ski bear. But then did <laughs> yeah. you let your brother play with yours or no? Um, He was content playing with old ski. So they became old ski and new ski. And <laughs> I had new ski and Billy had old ski. <laughs> Oh, that's, that's beautiful. And guess what? What? I still have new speed to this day. What? Wow. <laughs> yeah. What? He, he sits in my bedroom and he still has his original sweater. I mean, he's kind of ratty looking now, too. <laughs> well, it's good to have friends, yeah. Christine. I'm glad you have a friend. <laughs> I'm glad, too. He really has kept me company all these years. <laughs> Great answer, Christine. Perfect. Well, thank, thank you. you. Thank you so much for uh, indulging us again and uh, letting You're us waste welcome. your time. Happy holidays, Stubby. <laughs> Happy holidays. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. All right. Well, Michael. Yeah. Do you have a favorite childhood gift that you received at the holidays? Oh, I do. Mm-hmm. Um, so I remember it vividly coming downstairs. This is when I was five years old. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, you know, you're, you're filled with excitement, right? It's right. Christmas morning, and it's just like, what, what is, what's this going to look like when I hit the bottom of the stairs and look at the tree? Right. And um, just to the right of the tree, there was a a real guitar. Oh, and here we are. And uh, so many years later, and you're a genius at the guitar. I don't know about genius. I wouldn't call myself a, a genius in any form of <laughs> fashion, but uh, yeah, it was. Uh, you know, that was the start of me learning how to play the guitar, which I have played oh, all this time. So it's beautiful. Well, how about you? What's interesting is that Donna brought up the Barbie Dream House. Uh-huh. Christine talked about Ski Bear. And I had a very similar experience as you're describing it, coming down, being so excited. Yeah. And I remember I was in third grade. And what I saw when I came down the stairs that became my favorite gift ever as a child mm-hmm. was a globe. A globe. A globe. I'm not kidding. It wasn't just a globe, Michael. It was a globe that had like the mountain ranges raised so you can touch it and you can feel where the mountains were. Topographically accurate. I loved this globe. I can't explain why. I don't know why, but that was my favorite childhood gift. That says a lot about your personality. Doesn't it?
<laughs> Should have got a Barbie dream house. Well, you know, the interesting thing about gift giving right. is that it's ultimately at its core, it's altruistic behavior. Right. And there's um, there's actually a, a whole field of study around altruistic behavior and how it evolved in our species. Because, you know, really, when you think about it, it's not just exclusively a human trait, altruism, mm -hmm. but it's definitely something that's characteristically human. Right. You know what I mean? And uh, with respect to altruism, one of the things that has been discussed is that it is involved somehow with oxytocin. And it seems like oxytocin tends to mediate the degree to which altruistic behavior uh, facilitates itself in, in people's lives. Yeah, and we've talked about oxytocin in the past, how it bonds people to yeah. others. It's it's kind of what bonds a mother to their baby. Yeah, and you think about altruism, it, it tends to be a little bit of an indicator of the health of a tribe or the health of a, a group of people, mm -hmm. you know, because it tends to promote trust. It tends to promote um, connection and uh, dependence on each other. So uh, it, it can be like a, a sign of a healthy culture. So there's obviously some health benefits then to giving gifts mm -hmm. and being altruistic in your behavior. Well, you know what else is kind of a Christmas tradition What's in that? most homes is that the poem, Twas the Night Before Christmas, oh, yeah. oftentimes, you know, the head of your household will sit all the children around and read Twas the Night Before Christmas right. in front of the fireplace. Yeah, of course, of course. Uh, brings back good memories, although we didn't do that in my house. We didn't either. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Well, why don't we do it here on the podcast to make up for some of that lost time? It sounds like a great idea. Um, I think maybe let's let's set the stage a little bit first. Oh, yeah. that's it. It's nice, isn't it? That's it's very good. calming. Yeah. But you know, you know what's missing? What's that? The fireplace. Oh, you need a fireplace? I do. Oh, hold on. Let me, let me get you a fireplace here. There we go. You're a genius, Michael Chapman. You know what else would be making it perfect? What? Just have your grandfather sleeping on the couch snoring. Oh, uh, yeah. Don't know if I can do <laughs> anything about that one. All right. Well, why don't we read Twas the Night Before Christmas? Yeah, actually, I've, I've got kind of a different take on this, uh, uh, on this here for you that I worked on here. Why don't you take a copy? Twas the night before Christmas, and all through the lab, not a blood vial was spinning, not a sample to grab. The teams were at home with their family and friends, though sales reps finalized the last emails to send. The CS phone lines were as quiet as snow, and marketing dreamt where cool images flow, when all of a sudden a text message lit the room, then buzzed off the table with an ominous boom. And what did it say in that dark, wintry night? It said, come hither to the lab, you won't believe your own sight. I thrashed off the sheets, and I fumbled for keys. I braced for the cold, pulling socks to my knees. I raced off in the dark, the streets were all bare. I pulled up to the lab. You won't believe who was there. A man dressed in red, with hair all in white, holding three lab reports in the dead of the night. I stood looking out, but I tried not to stare at the sled and the man and the beast with brown hair. The man said, I have labs that I hope you will check. I've collected these three if you've got just a sec. You see, my dear boy, he said with a smirk, I felt a bit off and my beards had less perk. My sleigh has been sluggish. I've got less jolly, less joys. My jingles are more jangled. Let's not even start on the toys. And just so you're aware, Mrs. Claus made me comply. You see, she loves this podcast that is on Spotify. It's about wellness, at least some of the time. There's also a lot of jingles, which are less than sublime. Anyway, my dear boy, tell me what do you see? Don't dally, I'm in a rush. Then he handed them to me. I froze as I stood, my mind first defiant. Did he sign a waiver? Is this HIPAA compliant? 
I started to scan through the reports in my hand. I noticed the findings, some stark and some bland. First Nutrival, then GI, then hormones and ASP, and quickly everything became apparent to me. Then I took a breath to compose all my thoughts. At last I made words with my stomach in knots. You see, St. Nick, or should I call you Mr. Claus? Anyway, I think I can see what's at your root cause. Let's start with nutrition. There's work here for you. I noticed lots of problems right here on page two. Your vitamins are slumpy. Your minerals, they lack. It's really the result of the cookies you snack. Do you ever eat whole foods, like veggies or fruit? Or is it always just cookies and candies you loot? And what about dairy, I confidently say? You may have an issue. You may have been born that way. His shoulders seemed to slump with each word that I said. His smile had retracted and his cheeks were more red. Well, let's look at this next report, I then say. Your GI tract seems to be in utter dismay. You can't digest carbs or protein or fat. I assume the collection process required hazmat. Your microbiome's gone rogue and is at war with itself? I haven't seen it this bad since that elf on the shelf. With all of that sweet stuff on which you constantly feast, I'm actually not stunned that we found lots of yeast. At this point, the jollies seemed to ever more fade, and I started to think, hey, Santa's throwing me shade. Well, let's take a look at this final report. I said before he had a chance to retort, your hormones are scary. I'm surprised you're alive. This certainly is not someone who's able to thrive. Your testosterone is low, and your estrogens are high, and your cortisol levels are straight through the sky. You need to find time to relax and just be. You should consider yoga, massage, or tai chi. At this point, the big man seemed truly miffed, and I was sure it would be coal instead of a gift. He stood with arms crossed and a piercing glare. We stood there awkwardly with a chill in the air. Then slowly he shifted his posture and stare, and a booming ho-ho-ho started filling the air. There was a twinkle in his eyes, and his belly just shook. He looked just like Santa from the children's book. My dear boy, he said, I'm hundreds of years old. I've been living this way, and my story's been told. And while I still reside in hundreds of lores, you should know these aren't my results, but rather, they're yours. And then, at that moment, it started to snow. It seemed like time even started to slow. I tried to speak, but my mouth made no sound, and we stood in the silence that was all abound. At last, Santa patted my shoulder and said, Now, son, before you go back home to bed, remember we all have our own paths that were led. Don't forget to kiss those sweet kids on their head. We all have things to work on, to strengthen, to grow. Please share this with everyone you come to know. And with that, he then winked and walked back to his sled. Then he turned and looked back and then said, I'll be back in about one year from now. I think I'll be seeing some progress somehow. Then he climbed aboard his great sleigh with a shout, Merry Christmas to all and to all, Santa out. You've been listening to The Lab Report. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to our show, rate us, and leave us a review. To learn more about Genova Diagnostics, visit our website, gdx.net. There you'll find information about laboratory testing, educational resources, and how to connect with our show. Call us, 1-800-522-4762, or email us at podcast at gdx.net. And we would just like to wish you all a very happy and special holiday. You know what's always bothered me about the 12 days of Christmas? What's that? It's really bird heavy.
right? Like there's a partridge in a pear tree. You got four calling birds, some French hens, some turtle doves. I mean, these are terrible <laughs> a gifts. Lot of, a lot of birds. Not good gifts. Swans are swimming. Right. They don't even, I guess they don't do anything other than swim, do they? They're not like the geese are laying, also a bird. More birds. Yeah. Like these are bad gifts. Right. And it's like Lords of Leaping. Do they throw in a milking maid? Like, right. What? Right. Like if you're buying me Lords of Leaping, I'm worried about damage <laughs> that you're doing to my house. Get out. You're right. not invited. <laughs> They're all bad gifts other than the five golden rings, I guess. There you go. Her true love, one for 12. 